Parker uses to comfort her couture-sewing school students both past and present. Susan Kalji is one of the foremost educators and practitioners of couture sewing in the world. She began her career with professional training at the New York Couture Sewing Salon, Chese Abbey, and later as a designer on 7th Avenue, New York. She then established her own wedding dress and evening wear company, Susan Kalji Couture, before focusing full-time on preserving the techniques of couture sewing through her couture sewing school established in the 90s. You're listening to Sew Organised Style podcast produced by me, Maria Theoharis, Susan Goodwin of Measure Twice Cut Once Patterns and Anne Wally the Pattern Whisperer. Susan Kalji is an exceptional and sought-after teacher running couture sewing technique workshops throughout the United States as well as internationally. Here in Australia, we've had the benefit of Susan teaching her couture sewing technique workshops during her Australian teaching tours. She's packing her bags right now so those of us who are going to her workshops in Melbourne, Sydney and Adelaide from January can spend time in her amazing sewing presence. Susan's kindness helps sewers like me to feel less fragile when they attend her workshops. Susan knows that most sewers are self-taught and we don't have diplomas to recognise what we know and Susan does this in her workshops. She confirms to her students that we all have good sewing skills and Susan takes her couture sewing teaching very seriously. At the start of every workshop, she sees where you are and takes you to the next step, making you a better sewer. Let's listen to Susan now. Hi, Maria. Hi, Anne. <laughs> so, where where is where is everybody? I'm Are in you Melbourne. you're in this you're in Melbourne? Yes. Okay. And Maria. I'm in Sydney. And she's in Sydney, and I'm in Baltimore. Okay, I love it. Yes. Amazing. Susan, you've got such a reputation that whenever I talk to anyone, they know who you are. Mm-hmm. And um, I do sewing mentoring, and part of the discussion we talk about is things that people could do, things that people are doing with their sewing life. And I am always in awe of how some of the mentorees have put their hand up to do your course and it's a nerve-wracking experience, like seriously nerve-wracking. But without a doubt, at the end of it, it's like they've come out, like, you know, the cocoon and the caterpillar, Mm-hmm. It's a fabulous experience. And one thing that really strikes me is they say how kind you are, how much you know, and how you work through the process, and nothing is a problem. But it is an intensive course. So that blew me away to actually hear that even though it was an intensive course and it was a very involved course, mm-hmm. you're not left behind. Um, Absolutely not. No, no, no. I take, well, in the first place, obviously, I take it very seriously. And I take people's time and effort and spirit and intention and money very seriously. And I wouldn't do what I do if I didn't feel not just, you know, I was going to say I didn't, if I didn't feel I could deliver, but if I didn't feel I could make people better sewers. 
I wouldn't do it. Why would I do it? Right? I mean, that would be just kind of kind of silly. It'd be kind of a travesty. Not to mention professional suicide. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I always feel that I can take you where you are and I'll make you better. Wow. That I can do. That that I know I can do. And I think, you know, you, you kind of look back and you think, okay, why do I do what I do? And I do think I I do think I have a talent for connecting with people and in an unintimidating way, you know, once, once I get them there um, and I can kind of see where they are and I can bring them along in a gentle, productive way. And part of that is I think, you know, so I'm a teacher, I'm an educator. And I mean, that's, you know, at the end of the day, that that's what I am. And I think when you, when you put yourself out there and say you want to learn something, I think that puts you in a vulnerable place. I mean, mm. who, likes, who likes to say they don't know something? Nobody likes that, right? Exactly. I, I mean, I don't care if it's, you know, where the bathroom is or how to get to the next town. It's, it's very intimidating to be in a position where you, you're admitting publicly that you don't know something. So I always have that in the back of my mind. So I think that's why I'm gentle with people. You know, wow. um, and no, it's, it's true. And it's, I think it's a more productive way to deal with people, mm. you know, I'm, and, you know, I'm not trying to show off what I know. That's, no. that's so far from the truth. Who cares? Um, but that's, that's not the point of my teaching. My point is to see where you are and take you to the next step. And I, I somehow think I'm, I'm good at that. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of the, the basic philosophy of it. So, and I know people get intimidated. Um, again, it's that Ooh. fragility of, of admitting you don't know something. And let's face it, um, so let me talk a little bit about how I feel about people and their sewing. So most sewers are self-taught, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they just are, certainly in this country. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't learn to sew in high school anymore the way we used to be able to do back in the day. So you're, you're pretty much self-taught. And I think it's one thing if you go to university and you end up with your diploma and you know they've, they've awarded you this, they've recognized that you know the subject well, and that gives you a certain confidence. But sewers don't have that because they're self-taught. So their knowledge is on very shaky ground. So you have to know that and you have to be gentle with them and emphasize, confirm what they know and kind of reward them for that. Because I'm telling you, you know, I always start classes. We kind of go around the circle, who you are, where you are. And it's invariably, I learned to sew from my grandmother or I learned from the Vogue sewing book or I've taught myself. So we're talking about people with kind of a fragile sense yeah, yeah. of what they know. I mean, they all think the sewing police are going to come in and arrest them. <laughs> um, no, no, they do. And, you know, I make it clear, too, that, I mean, there, there are parts of sewing I know a lot about. There are parts of sewing I know nothing about. You know, so we all have our strengths. So that's, that's kind of part of, I think, the foundation of how I approach my, my teaching and how I feel about my students. So I was just thinking, I did look to see that you were in a sewing school in 7th Avenue, and I won't even try and say the name of the school. What was the name of the school? Well, it wasn't a school. I worked for a couture house. Oh. I worked for a, a yeah. small couture house in New York, and it was called Chez Cezébez. And right. I was so fortunate to 
Honestly, you know, I had a whole other career before I did this. I was a classical pianist. Mm -hmm. And I never in a million years thought that this was this would be a career. And I had a girlfriend whose grandmother was a client and I sewed for my friends. It was kind of, you know, I was good at it. I think I was about as good as you could get with a Vogue sewing book and, you know, like like we all do, you know, oh, I haven't done this kind of a collar. Let me get this pattern. Let me try this. And I wouldn't say I went there on a whim, but it was kind of that. And it absolutely resonated with me. So I was extraordinarily lucky to be able to be put in that situation. Uh, by the same token, I would think they were very lucky that they had me walk oh, in the yeah. door because here was someone who I got it. You know, I was this creative, talented little sponge that Ooh. walked in. So it was really fantastic on both sides. And then after that, I was involved in a business on 7th Avenue, but that was, a, that was a very different situation. That was ladies' sportswear. So how did they teach you? How, how did they teach you? Just by, just by doing. I remember the first day I was given, you know, we, our clientele was in New York City, Upper East Side, which is kind of a kind of a swanky part of town. Mm -hmm. yeah. And our clients tended to be wealthy, Upper East Side women. So it was a, you know, these were lady, the ladies who lunch and ladies with a lovely social life. I mean, it was a pretty, pretty upper class bunch. And um, I remember the first day I was given, I think it must've been an outfit, a silk outfit that you might've worn if you were having a lunch. And I was told to baste it together. And I just sort of did what I was told. And um, it made perfect sense because, you know, the one thing that overarches all of this couture sewing is logic. There's no smoke and mirrors. This is mm -hmm. not some crazy, mysterious, woo-woo kind of discipline. It's dead logic. And I think it just somehow appealed to me. It resonated with me. And everything that was given to me, I was like, oh, okay, yep, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll do this. I get this. And I was able to do it. And it just somehow was the perfect fit. Ooh. So I just fell in love with it, seriously, from day one. And I think I was about as good as you could get being a self-taught sewer, right? Like I said, going through the Vogue sewing book and, you know, getting more and more complicated Vogue patterns I think I got about as far as you could get doing that wow. on my own steam. And then this was suddenly underlinings and these fantastic hand stitches and these gorgeous fabrics. I mean, oh, it was a, a wonderful, wonderful new world that I just happened to fit into. So I was extraordinarily fortunate with that, I have to say. Yeah. So it's the love of it that gets oh, totally. you going. Absolutely. It's, yeah, it is the love of it. Um, it's kind of the way to sew. You get the most fantastic results. You really do. You do. You do. I mean, it, yeah. it, it works. It, it just works. Those French. It's, it's just, it's respecting, um, well, it's respecting design and fabric and engineering and construction and fit and proportion. It's respecting all of those elements. And those are the elements that when it works, they all fit together and it meshes and it's just, it's like a fabulous recipe, you know, it just all comes together. So that's one thing I, I find that there's a lot of people who teach and we've all been taught by people who don't love what they do. 
Right. And that is a very dry desert. But when you have someone... <laughs> it would be horrible. Oh, but a, a person with passion, a person who sees the logic, who understands the language and yeah. also has the gift of passing on and getting people over that burden where they can see it is a, a unique experience that is life-changing for someone who's always wanted to do that type of sewing but couldn't spend four years at a university or a house themselves. Mm -hmm. So exactly. in a way, you think about it's a huge thing to do, but I always believe that when we do things that we haven't done before, it keeps us young, young in our oh, minds. It does, and it keeps you, you know what, it keeps you in the game. Mm. It keeps you engaged. It keeps you thinking. Mm -hmm. You've got to be on your toes. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think you've just got to, you've got to stay involved. And it's, it's really, and you know what's wonderful about couture sewing? And I think the reason I am constantly and continually enthralled by it is that there are a billion applications of it. Mm. You know, you never, you never run out of directions in which it can go. You know, it's endless. It's absolutely endless. So that's the really fun part of it. It's not like, oh, God, here we go again. No, no, not at all. Because you've got the variation, the design, the body, what the person wants, the fabric, their skills, what they want to concentrate on. So you've got this huge, huge range of elements that go into all of that. And that's really, I, I think, the fun. And, you know, it's always a challenge to me. So I have a student walk in. They want to make this dress. So what's the best way to do it? What's the best way that they can grab the knowledge that's contained in that, right? What's the best way I can communicate that to them? You know, you don't want to overwhelm people, but you don't want to insult people. So, and that, you know, actually that gets into the, the funnest part, I think, of teaching because it's what do you have to do? to get through to that particular student because, you know, everybody learns in a different way, exactly. right? I mean, some people just, you give them a little bit of knowledge. They want to kind of sit in the corner and do their own thing and you kind of check on them occasionally, but they're happy as a clam sitting there. Other people, you need to, you know, constant reassurance or you need to kind of watch them every step of the way or else they'll go off on some tangent. And that to me is, is so much fun. How do I get to this person? What's the best way I can challenge them without making it too difficult? Um, you know, what can I, what's the best way to unlock their talents wow. applied to this particular project? And that, honestly, that's, that's one of the funnest things about it. You know, because you do, it does run the whole gamut. You know, I'm thinking of a student I just had who's very talented, but she just doesn't have confidence in herself. Okay. So... And she's getting better and better and better, but there's still kind of this core of not belief in herself. So mm -hmm. one of my jobs with her is to reassure her, to, to not make her think that she's leading the way, but to applaud her independent decision-making, right? Wow. Because she's, she's at a point now where she's really beginning to figure things out on her own. And so with her, that's what I have to emphasize, you know, I've got to kind of shore her up in that way. So um, and I've got another student. Oh, gosh, she's amazing. And she's really smart, loves a challenge. And 
for her, I can just toss it out there and boy, she'll figure it out. Um, So, you know, so it's, it's always different. And, you know, that's, that's a big part of it too. How can I get to that particular student? What's the best way to reach them? Because, you know, it's always different. So it's totally different. You know, Maria was one of your students. Maria, how did you feel before you went? (laughs) And how did you feel in the class? And how did you feel after? Prepping for the class um, <laughs> takes time and you can't rush it. And, but being in the class um, is really, I've, I found not just what I was doing was what I was learning from, but I know Susan gets us together, she says da-da-da, introduce what we're doing. And then as we're going around, you see everyone's ideas and what they're wanting to do. So then we just all start uh, comparing colours and, and all that sort of thing. But through the class itself, Susan will say, okay, come over here. So we all go around and she'll show us something. So you don't just learn from what you're doing. You learn from what everyone else is doing. Mm. Whether Susan calls you over or not, there's nothing to stop you from sort of peering or just sitting and listening quietly. You know, it takes a lot to prep to go there. And once you're there, you keep changing your decisions because Susan's saying, now what about this? And, and she's leading you down a certain path or various paths and you do have to make your own decision as to which way you're going to go. Well, that's how it felt to me. <laughs> well, but, but that's one reason the class is set yeah. up the way it is because, I mean, yes, it's all, you know, for example, the couture sewing school class. Okay, yeah. it's all couture. And there's kind of a, a foundation of these basic couture techniques. But like I said, the applications are endless. And I think it's great fun to see what Betty's doing and what Marianne is doing. Yeah, it is. You know, because obviously, I mean, you you know, one garment, you can't apply everything, but you get to eavesdrop on what other people are doing. And I think that's that's a big part of the education. You know, a lot of people, when I've said, oh, I did the uh, Gapur lace skirt class, and they're going, oh, I wouldn't wear. And I just thought, hang on a second. Since that class, I think I've got the dress behind me that could you help me buy the fabrics <laughs> when we were in Brisbane? Yes, yes. But since then, so I've made one skirt, but I think I've made three dresses in it with Kapoor lace based on that one class that I did with you, yeah. Susan. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's the point. Yeah, I mean, of course, in the class you work on X project or X exactly. dress. But that's only the beginning of it. Mm. You know, it's like, it's like when you take a trip, you're thinking about it ahead of time, then there's the trip, and then you're thinking about it afterwards. Mm. And it's the same with the class, you know. Mm. Okay, yeah, you learn a certain amount there, but it's, you know, it's not just that. It's all, mm. the, all the applications you put this information to. That, and I think that's when it really gets exciting. Yeah, the class is great, but that's kind of done at a certain point. But then you could apply it to so many other things. I kind of like to think I, I kind of open up people's eyes, Ooh, you, you know, to, to the possibilities. Maria, there was one thing that you said when we were talking to someone else about the classes. What mm-hmm. was it? I'd do it all again in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been three times, for goodness sakes. <laughs> Once in Sydney when yes. I was... Um, oh, gosh. And that yeah. RSL, and then I flew up to Brisbane to mm-hmm. do the Lace Capure yeah. because I didn't know if you were ever going to come back, and I thought, oh, my God, yeah. I've got to take as much <laughs> advantage of this um, yeah. because, you know, 
this is this is like a one-off opportunity now it's the third year that you're coming back it is it is yeah many more classes you know there was a lot going on here last year it couldn't get away um Mm -hmm. but i'm so excited about coming back because you know people always say to me oh gosh what are they like over there (laughs) what are these australians like (laughs) No, right? And I say, well, I like to use their word. They're very keen, very keen sewers. You know, they're very excited. They're very interested. They're eager to learn. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just so much fun. But educational. Oh, very educational. And the, yeah. the second year that you came and I did that jacket, which had like the faux vest. <gasps> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. And then, oh, look, um, that's straight after that class I ended up having foot surgery so while I was sitting at home recovering I was doing all the hands <laughs> so, so it, it worked out perfectly right but then right. last year when um uh this year sorry I went to I was you you'd gone to the UK so you did your London trip I did and you went to uh McQueen the exhibit oh my god unbelievable yeah it was amazing unbelievable incredible so, I had to go to the UK for a different reason, not long after that. So mm-hmm. I went up to there and she, so she showed me uh, the coat with the faux jacket, uh, the oh, faux yeah. vest on the inside. I thought, oh, <laughs> I and I got totally mixed up and I thought, I did that with Susan. There you go, right? <laughs> I know. It was fabulous. No, no is that wonderful? Mm. But, you know, so that's the, that's the applications you see, you know, that's the, the, the breadth that's what happens when you learn these things, that they go out in so many different directions, you know. One thing that I think when you've gone on a journey or a pilgrimage or you've met like-minded people and you've jumped over that fence and you've done something together, what do you do with all these people? And you've come up with a brilliant idea, keep them <laughs> together. So what do you do? A private Facebook group. So yeah. tell me about and, that. You know, I have to say it was actually... This idea was hatched when I was in Melbourne and one of the gals in the class and she, she lives in, um, where does she live? In um, Tasmania. And she said, you know, this is all well and good. This is great, but you're not going to be able to do this forever. Now, nobody likes to, to hear no. that or think about that. Huh. We're but, like that, he. I mean, very healthy state of denial. <laughs> but um, she said, you know, at some point, you're not going to be able to do it. So, and this is such a wonderful network. What if you could create some kind of a network that kind of mimicked the atmosphere that we have in class? And I started thinking about it. And because she belonged to some kind of, it was a Facebook group she belonged to. And, and she said, you know, it's fabulous. And I'm just saying, you got to think about this. So we did. And I thought, wow. Wouldn't that be great? Because, Marie, you know what it's like in class. You do kind of create this little microcosm. We're all kindred spirits. You know, we we care about these out in left field, arcane things that most people really don't care about, let's face it. So I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could do this? So Facebook is the platform. And I know there are people not crazy about Facebook, but honestly, it, it does work. So for, for whatever reasons, it's, it's on Facebook. You need and the visual and the audio. You need both. Well, you know, you need them to do it, and it's just not possible to create your own platform. So it's fantastic. It's so much fun. I am on it a lot. Well, I mean, it's, it's my thing, and obviously I have to be on it, and I love participating in it. But 
everybody, you know, sewers, I don't know why, but sewers just represent the kindest, loveliest demographic. But anyway, so we create this lovely atmosphere in a class. And I think we've done that on the, on the Facebook group. And I, I mean, I kind of, I guess I thought it would be kind of limited to, oh, here's how to sew your skirt, but not at all. I mean, we find about a books and videos and exhibitions and articles and somebody will say, oh, I'm going to Hamburg next week. Does anybody know of any good fabric stores? Or how about the fit of this skirt? And everybody chips in. And it's just such a supportive, welcoming and helpful atmosphere. And of course, a big part of it, we have sewing videos. You know, we've, and a lot of them aren't really exclusive to that. We just filmed, we finished filming the circle skirt dress. We've got the patterns now. That's next up. And we're just finishing the pattern on the funnel neck coat. And actually, we're, we're doing a collaboration with Linton Tweeds, which is very exciting. So club members are going to get a discount, and they're actually sending me fabric samples. So, so there's that. So education, of course, you know me, I'm the teacher. Education, of course, is a big part of it. But so is the camaraderie. It's, oh gosh, it's so much fun. So it's, people seem to love it. It's working. We have giveaways. I just brought a bunch of back a bunch of little things from Paris, a Chanel Camellia, handmade wow. at Le Giron, some um, piece of La Croix fabric. You know, so we, we have giveaways and we're about to give away a free class and a day with me. Wow. So, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so, amazing. Um, yeah. So it's a lot of fun. And I honestly, you know, so many, so, let's face it. I mean, my, my girlfriends don't sew, you know, I, I love them, but, they don't sew. So my, you know, my sewing friends are a very special group. And so we're sewing friends with, with each other. So yeah, so it's, it's, it's been great fun. It really has. And I'm telling you, I've learned all sorts of things and videos and books and all, all you know, where to get this, where do I get that? Um, so it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's a resource as well as a friendship group. That's exactly what it is. Mm. It's both of those things. And I do think in its own way, I mean, here we are in video, right? Mm. And we're, mm. we're connecting. This is great. And, you know, there we are on Facebook connecting and it's its own. It's, we've created a network with it. So that's that I'm, I'm very happy, very happy about that. We just kind of passed our first anniversary. So, so far so wow. good. Can people join the sewing club at any time or does it have to be now? Now? No, 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 no. Anytime. And it's a monthly subscription. And um, I think it's great. And, you know, if you have any sewing question, whatever, I'll answer. I'll weigh in. You know, had a girl today. She was working on a, a strapless dress she's doing. So I was kind of weighing in on a few thoughts about fitting her bodice and, you know, adding a fisheye dart and darts on the side. So, you know, and... You know, and we get into some fitting things, and I probably see things that other people might not notice right off yes. the bat. So, and you do. You, you do know. that in your Well, kind of my thing. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I said, for instance, you know, I think that princess scene looks like it's not quite in the fullest part mm. of the bus, so let's shift that. And I'm seeing a, seeing a little drag line there, and let's do this. So, and it, let's get a waist stain there. So we, we get into some technical stuff, too, which... You know, you know me. That's what I love. That's your so, thing. That's what we is. love of you about you too. <laughs> well, it's, it's, that's kind of my thing. So, so that's a big part of it too. So it's it's um great great fun. 
where are you doing your classes and the dates? Are you coming to Melbourne? And I, yep, and it's all on the website. Um, January, I'm doing mm-hmm. classes in Melbourne. And there are a couple of couture classes, there's a jacket class, and there's that smaller separates class, which is kind of, I think, a great introduction to the whole couture process. So that's January in Melbourne, February in Sydney, Sydney. and same kind of things. And then the first two weeks in March, I'll be in Adelaide. Wow. And do you have any spaces left? Any any spaces? I do. I do. (laughs) Actually, there are are a lot of spaces left. So, yeah. So yeah, come on down. Check that out. And <laughs> yes. I think I noticed I'm a member of the ASG and I yes. think Maria is as well. Yes. Sewing Guild. Yep. Yep. And I saw that there was a special little note down the end of the information. 5% discount for right. ASG members, which is, which is great. And, you know, we did this before and I think people kind of joined the ASG because it was worth it. Oh, <laughs> yes. I'm happy yes. to do that. I think the ASG is fabulous. So. Yeah. That was a win-win. And good locations. I'm going to be in Melbourne in Tatiana Anderson's studio. Oh. And, yep, which is fabulous. Yes. And um, she's the best. And uh, in Sydney, it's marvelous. We're going to be at the Wesley Center, which is right in the CBD. It's right on Pitt Street. Couldn't be a better location. Yes. And Adelaide is, is right downtown, too. Good, good venues, good venues for that. Yeah, and yeah. the Wesley one was really good because we had the classroom and then if we needed a cutout, we went outside in the carpeted area and just went for it. <laughs> yes. They were so good to us. I know, wasn't that nice? Yeah. It was wonderful. So, and I have to say, I think, you know, I, I teach in all sorts of different venues and sometimes they're luxurious and sometimes we kind of have to make do. And it's kind of a tribute, I think, to the mindset of sewers. They always, they always cooperate. They always make it work. You know, somebody said, no, no, I'll cut out when she's done. No, no, I'm fine over That's here. Right. So yeah. seriously, it doesn't ha- I mean, these are lovely locations, trust me. But, you know, it's, we don't need the Taj Mahal no. you know, to, make, to make this work. I think, look, you've got me. We'll make it work. That is so exciting. And then if people have different products that you've never seen before, it's like, oh, where did you get that from? So everyone gets out their phone and starts going onto the website (laughs) and getting it. Like Wendy had that hand, that really huge hand. Oh, my God, remember that thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, um, you know, we had, um, who was it, Rona Feeney, who has the Chatswood bringing, and I I don't know if she's going to be bringing any supplies this year, but she's registered for class. I hope she does. That was helpful. Yeah, I will be bringing, um, you know, I, I did find the silk organza was perhaps able to be improved upon. We'll say that. It's difficult oh, to find yes, good silk is. organza it is. in Australia. So I might try to tuck some of that in my suitcase. And I'll probably be, I, I've just, I was just in Normandy the other day. I took a little time away from my, before my Paris trip and I bought a lot of vintage Chanel trims. I bought oh. like, oh my God, I bought like, 65 i just really wow. um yeah and we don't so, have access to that here either well we don't have access to it here in the united states mm-hmm. so i'm gonna try to cram as many yes. of those into my suitcase as i can because you know and and that is a challenge i know in australia the whole fabric thing but it's hard even in this country to to find the trims for the classic French jacket. Um, it's, it's hard. It, it really is. So um, I, I'm in good shape with those. And in fact, I'm, they were being shipped back from Paris and I wrote to the gal today and said, oh, you know, 
I hope they're coming soon. So I'm dying to see them myself. Oh, yeah. Our listeners are from Australia, of course, but also branching out all over. And I hear you're going off to London to do a course. So tell us about that. When oh. is that happening? <laughs> That's happening in April. You know, I'd always done my, my Paris thing. I, I do Paris every year. And of course, you know, Paris, it's just it's it's us it's near and dear to our hearts and i don't think there's any place really that resonates probably in the world of couture sewing in the whole sense of you know there's a wonderful french word patrimoine patrimony you know this heritage this generation after generation of doing things and that's such a big part of of paris so it's that's kind of its own special universe but and then people started saying oh gosh you know you should do a trip to london and but you know I take these things very seriously and it's not something I dive into unless I think this is, again, you know, my theory, it's got to be worth your time, your money, my time, you know, I'm not going to do it if I don't feel it's fabulous. And I did live in London a long time back in the day. So, so there's that. And I started putting together a London trip and I thought, you know, this is fantastic. London does not have to take a backseat to Paris. So what do we do? We spend a day at the Royal School of Needlework doing a special Mm. thing. Um, And I don't know if you've heard about this Bacton altar cloth. It's kind of in the news. It's a, they founded some church out in the country, an altar cloth that they think had been a dress from Elizabeth the first. So, I mean, no, it's kind of incredible. You should look it up. The Bacton altar cloth. So the Royal School of Needlework are restoring it. So they've done a design for us to do based on one of the patterns Ooh. in the Bacton altar cloth. So spend a day at the Royal School of Needlework. Oh, we go up to Linton Tweeds. Yes. Um, and since I now have a lovely relationship with them, we get the grand tour. We, honestly, nobody else gets this. And it's very nice. Wow. We get to go into the factory. We look at the archives. It's the <gasps> first archives. time. Wow. Yeah. The- yeah, it's, I mean, that's it's amazing. The first time we were there, I was sort of astonished when Carol Walker, who's, I say she's my spirit animal, this woman is in her 80s. She just said, let's go. And off we went into the factory. She did the tour in stilettos, seriously. Um, she's fabulous. No, no, good honor is right. She's amazing. So we, we get the, really, the royal welcome at Linton. Um, spend a session with John Moore, who was design director of Hardy Amy's, um, mm. with Alison Smith, who a lot of people know from Craftsy. Go to the V&A. We're going to the Fashion Museum in Bath. Mm. Visiting a gallery that specializes in fashion illustrations. Yes. Oh, going to the ballet. Um, oh, visited oh. designer. Oh, and we also go to Savile Row. And in oh. fact, and... And we go into the workrooms. I mean, we're, we're down there in the workrooms. And when we were there last year, they, they, you know, we could take photographs everywhere, but they said downstairs, just if you could not take photographs. And we realized later they were working on Harry's jacket. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I, we kind of put two and two together because we knew they made his clothes and we knew the wedding was coming up and their best tailor was working on this special project. So we have a fabulous uh, reception there at Savile Row. And, um, you know, there's high tea and, you know, I mentioned the ballet. Oh, and we visit, of course, this wonderful McQueen exhibit. We tour Spitalfields. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, and, you know, it, but it's, it's really lovely. You're brought from the airport, a private car, it's a gorgeous hotel, your single room. It's, it's very nice. Sounds very nice. What do you think, Maria? (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) 
She's no, always staying in no, a one-bedroom place, jumping around. <laughs> no, wow. no, it's, it's um, well, you know, years ago when I started doing these tours, I mean, I thought, this is not, this is not the way we traveled when we were 18. You know, no, it's, no. It's, 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 a, it's a little different now. And my goal is to make you not have to worry about anything. That sounds like effortless. Great plan, and it sounds like it would be unforgettable. Every moment would be unforgettable. Every day would be special. Well, again, I'm taking your time, which to me is the most precious thing of all. And if I don't honour that, that's that's terrible. What right do I have to waste your time? Seriously. I don't want to sound nutty here, but but it's true. I, I don't have that right. So I... I take my responsibilities very seriously. I mean, well, it, you know, it's for a lovely end, but, you know, now I do. It's, it sounds like anyone who was thinking about going to London with you would be in very good hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, I, and I have a fabulous assistant. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's not, in fact, you know, when we go to Linton, it's, it's kind of a three-hour train ride. And I know when I told people this, I could see they were thinking, oh, God, okay. Ah, but it's first class on the train. You're served breakfast. Oh, would you like smoked salmon, madam? Or would you like eggs Benedict? I mean, it's, they were almost sorry by the time we got there. And then on the way back, you have dinner. So it's, it's pretty nice. Yeah. I think we'd, I think we'd call it civilized, wouldn't we? <laughs> Very civilized. Well, I try to make it civilized. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's right. great fun. It's marvelous. So. Yeah. So is would you call Australia your second home now? Would you? Oh, you know, I love it. And I would, no, I would call it my second home. And I'll tell you, because people always say, well, what are they like over there? And I said, you know, they're just like you think they are. They're enthusiastic. And they, and I think that's something they share with Americans. You know, they mm. kind of dive in and they're just gung-ho and enthusiastic about things. And I love that. Mm. I do. It's been so wonderful, and I, I guess I didn't quite foresee. I mean, you, you don't know until you do it, but I now feel I have friends there, mm-hmm. right? I have, you do. Maria, all kinds of lovely friends, and that's, that's, that's the best part. It's, it's lovely, and I think of Australia, and I think, well, you know, I've spent quite a bit of time there by now, um, about five months, and that's, that's significant, and... Um, it's fabulous to to feel that you you get a little bit of a sense of these places and oh I mean the people are the best it's great love it yeah <laughs> no what's not to like Look, it's great oh all I know from a student's point of view when you've been here and I've come to one of your classes that time is really important to me as a student because mm-hmm. I know I can't get that I can't get that learning from you and from the people in the group anywhere else. Yeah, well, I, you know, there, there are not so many people who teach on this level. And, you know, I get asked sometimes in this country, people will say, oh, gosh, you know, I live in, I don't know, Dubuque, Iowa. Is there anybody locally I can study with? And I, and I always say, well, gee, I, I wish there were. Um, and I always think, well, I, I wish I could send you to, to 20 other people yes. who could teach you this. But it's just for whatever reason, yeah. you know, and it's you're not right. really the case. You can only self-teach yourself to a certain level. It's true. And you do need to go to 
some sort of training at some point when you're ready for it. And I never realised that, you know, going to a class, you're actually saying, oh, I'm deficient in something. Oh. Deficient, I, no, no, but, but, but from but, my perspective, I, I, I now understand why when I get to a class for the first half of the day, I'm just frazzled because I'm sitting there going, oh, just absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's, it's a lot that I, I pile on, but I always think, look, I've got you for six days or I've got you for seven days or maybe yeah. doing two classes, but I've got you for such a limited period of time. Yeah. Sadly, I do have to kind of cram it in. And that's, that's just the nature of it. And mm. I know that I always say to people after the first day, I know your head is spinning. Mm. I know that because mm. I've just thrown all this stuff at you. But stay with me. It's all going to gel. It's all going to make sense. Just trust me on this. Yeah, and it, it, and it, 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 it does work. But, um, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an intense, nicely it, intense, I like is. to think, situation. Yeah. yeah, intense in the best possible way. Yeah. I think you, when you talk about the classes and you talk about the people, I see there's a real fulfilment for you that it's oh, it's yeah. definitely a two way street where you walk away and you feel like you've touched someone's heart, you've connected with them, and you've shared your knowledge and also opened up their mind on mm. how they can apply it to so many other different things that they're making and. That is really the start of a new adventure in sewing. Well, thank you. And I think that it's, it's so easy to kind of, you know, do what you're doing. You're kind, of, you're kind of stuck and you think that's okay. But it's very exciting when you can open a door for someone. And, I mean, certainly in the area of fitting, you know. And that's, I would say, that's the elephant in the room. That's the, that's the one thing that, let's face it, you, you really can't do yourself. You, you can't. I wish, I wish we could, but that's, that's a big tricky area. And I know I can help with that, you know, so that, that's a big important part of it. And, you know, we always spend the first day doing fittings, right? Because I have students mm. prepare a toile ahead of mm. time, partly, partly to save us some time really. And also to commit somebody to a project. Because yes. otherwise, if you just walk in and you don't know what you're going to do, well, Betty's doing this. Oh, I'll do that. Oh, oh no, maybe I'll do what she's doing. Or, oh, you know, she's doing I, No, You know, it just gets, it's too much of a free-for-all. So by making you kind of make a twelve ahead of time, then at least you're focusing mm. on this, on this mm. project. So we spend the first day fitting, and um, I think it's pretty interesting for people. I see it's kind of like watching paint dry. I mean, most of the time you're kind of sitting there. <laughs> Well, it is. I mean, yeah. it's, I, I'm doing it, so it's not a whole lot of input from you. But that, to me, is is wonderful to to start off by showing people some very real, um, very real ways to get them to look at the whole fitting process differently because everybody has their own take on it. Um, so I love. I to me, that's a strong way always that we start, and I feel that. I mean, who doesn't like to walk out with a fitted garment? I mean, just exactly. a fitted toile. I mean, it's, gosh, it's great. Um, and that's something that I, I love being able to do. You know, so that's what I do for you then when we start. And then, yes. then you kind of take over. But, yeah, that's, it. that's I mean, the whole fitting thing. From a learner's perspective, when you're going through and you're fitting every single different person in that first yeah. day, yeah. you get to see from a, from, you know, a participant point of view, 
all the various areas. So it's oh, actually yeah. a full day of learning. Even if you're just sitting there waiting for your turn, you can watch the whole time. <laughs> oh, and and, I, and it's I, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And and people do. And, you know, everybody has their own take on fitting, yes. and I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I think it's tremendously educational because, you know, I boy, I get the whole gamut. And, and people are very good about letting me use them as an example. You know, yes. oh, here's a great example of a high hip. And um, look at these shoulders, slightly different. Head's not quite in the middle. Um, so, <laughs> but we but, can fit around that. <laughs> but, uh, but it's... It's great because I have all these built-in examples of, yes. of who to use. So that, I, th- I think, is a strong start and an essential component. I mean, you can make the most beautiful dress in the world, but if it doesn't fit, what's the point of that? Right? I-, I noticed you have some patterns on your website as well, Susan. And we do. tell me about the double dance, the double dance. Oh, yeah, you know, that's a pretty blouse. We work with a wonderful pattern maker in Paris, a fellow named Julian Christofoli, who I think is the best pattern maker in the world, hands down. And he was, um, he's beautifully educated and he's taught all over the world for a lot of the couture schools in Paris. He's worked freelance work for a lot of the couture houses. He was Asadine Elias' assistant for five years. So, and he has an extraordinary aesthetic sense. And this is a blouse pattern we had him do. It's a boat neck, mm-hmm. although you could modify that if you wanted. But it's got two French darts, Ooh. which is really lovely. And, you know, when you're fitting a bodice, very often those side, you know, the, the diagonal darts that go down from the bust kind of down towards the waist. And they kind of form themselves. And what's nice about those darts is that you're sort of on the bias. You're on some kind of an off yes. grain. Yes. So you're able to get a lovely contour there. And it makes so much sense to have two because let's say, for instance, you're fuller in the bust. Well, trying to get all of that shaping into a single dart, tricky. It leaves you with such a such an angle that it's very hard to go into a soft point. It just is. I mean, that's, mm. that's just the physics of it. So if you can split that into two darts, mm. then you get a lovely, lovely result. And even if you're not particularly busty, it's still a very graceful, gentle way to go. So it's a very pretty blouse and it can also easily be lengthened into a dress. Yeah. So it's, it's really, it's really lovely. It's very, very pretty. Very, very graceful, I think. So that's one of our patterns. And, of course, we have our classic French jacket, a.k.a. Chanel jacket. And much is made always with the three-piece sleeve, you know. And that was a couple of reasons for that. Of course, having a seam Mm -hmm. up into the shoulder allows you to shape the top of that sleeve so you can get rid of a lot of the extra fullness, which otherwise would have to be kind of somehow forced into that sleeve cap, you know, who once gathers, who once starts. Well, if you have a seam up there, that's a beautiful way to shape that whole area. But it also, it's so clever because if you extend that down, you know, towards the, towards the hand, it gives a much better placement of the trims and buttons. Because if you didn't have that seam, you'd have a seam back here, right? Where, where traditionally you have Mm. buttons on it, a tailored jacket, for instance, yes. well, you don't see it. And one of the things we want to see in this classic French jacket, we want to see those trims and buttons. So it's a much better, much better placement to put them at the base of that seam. 
so you know so the, and it's the most beautifully shaped sleeve um this is julian again and mm -hmm. it just it just has an exquisite contour to it it's the most beautiful sleeve ever um so that's a big part of it and um then we've just come out with what we call the parisian jacket which is a it's lovely it's got a cut on it's got cut on sleeves okay. little notch collars side panel it's it's just adorable and you know we also had julian do a straight skirt and you might think oh big deal what's so exciting about a straight skirt well done by the best pattern maker in the world it's beautiful one thing mm -hmm. the french always do this is interesting so you, you would think a skirt you'd have a side seam kind of right you know between the front and the back the french always offset that side mm -hmm. seam so that's a centimeter back so that when you look at the person you don't see the seam oh. right? it's set back and another advantage of it so if you think of where you're getting into the curves, right? Your hip curves, yes. it's, it's, it's further back. It's beyond that halfway point. So there's a little bit of ease built into that seam and that helps with the shaping. Mm, wow. So it yeah, does. and it's, it's pegged. So there, you know, all these little subtleties, you know, this is the French again, but these, these are the things that make a pattern Special. Wow, glad I, I brought that question up. I'm <laughs> well, no, you don't, you know, you think, all right, what, you know, straight skirt, big deal, there are a billion of them out there. Well, no, you know, but that's, okay. that's actually a really good one that I use quite yeah. a lot, especially yeah. when it comes to placement of print and making sure that it's sitting right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so it's beautifully done little pattern, and uh, we've got Julian working on a bunch more things, so. More things, more, yes, we're going to keep him very busy. Actually, he's doing, what is he doing now? Um, we've just finished this funnel neck coat. Oh, a cape. Going to be working cool. on a cape. Yeah, I actually took a vintage cape with me to Paris that we're modifying. Um, a gathered neck blouse. Um, I don't know, it's got some other stuff in the pipe. A couple of vintage coats so, oh, and wow. other things. Yeah, other things in the pipeline. Good things yeah. to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Now I have to get myself into one of the courses. I haven't been able to make a decision yet, but I will. I will. <laughs> well, there there is room, and um, yeah. And I've got some Linton tweed in my stash. So I'm sitting there thinking, oh. oh, I need to be yeah, no, because I bought it years ago. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, no, go yeah. go Linton. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. When you said that you're collaborating with the well, you know, it's funny because it cause makes I, sense. I mm. visit, and it was it was their idea. I visit them, and um, you know, and I've gotten to know Carol Walker, who's the managing director. This this um, lovely lovely woman, and um, and you know, I have to I have to pass on one of the things that she said. You know, as women in business, we're so often kind of oh shy and you know hat in hand and don't like to talk about money and all these things. And so she always gives us a lecture, well, a talk while we're having lunch. And she talked about the fact that they have to have different products and different colors for different markets. Right. Now, obviously, the, the, the Middle Eastern market likes different things than the Japanese markets. Mm -hmm. And I remember she held up, and she was passing around all these different samples, some of which were more to our taste than others. And she said, but you know what? If we don't sell, we don't eat. And it was so upfront and so stark. And I thought, wow, she means it. This is true. She's a businesswoman. And it was not just, oh, we're making lovely fabrics. No, if we don't oh. sell them, we don't eat. I loved it. It was so 
forceful in the best possible way. You know, it was mm-hmm. such a strong statement. I admired it so much. So, um, yeah, so, so they approach it. So, obviously, you know, I've gotten to know her, mm-hmm. having been there a couple of times. And um, I just kind of heard from them out of the blue about wanting to do a collaboration and um, really excited. And what I hadn't realized, and it makes sense, they get asked all kinds of questions. Mm-hmm. How much should I buy? How do I match a plaid? How do I do this? What's a good pattern? So it's, it, was, it was good thinking on their part, I think, to maybe bring in someone who can help a little bit. So very excited. No, yeah, it right. makes perfect sense. Yeah. It kind of makes perfect sense. Mm. Um, so we're just kind of getting started with this. Yeah, it's fun. It's a great relationship. It's a win-win for both of I, you. Well, I, I, think it, I think it will be. So that's um, – I was, I was thrilled. I was absolutely thrilled. And good for us love too. tweets? Yeah, it's good yeah. for us as learners. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll see what, see what we can do for them. Very exciting. Yeah, it's it nice. is. It is. There's always new adventures in store when you're a sewing person. You meet more people, is, learn things, and gosh. Isn't it true? I know. I'm, yeah, and I love just not knowing what's around the corner, and I'm always fascinated by the next challenge, you know. And, of course, I'm involved with Threads Magazine, so, mm. you know, we're always thinking of working on an article at the moment about gathers, you know, having mm. perfect gathers. And... Um, you know, one of the jobs as a contributing editor is to kind of propose articles. And there's a fabulous Dior book that came out by Alexandra Palmer. I don't know if you know this one, but if you don't, run out now and get it. She's the, <laughs> no, I'm serious. She's the um, curator, the, the head of the, the collection at the Toronto Museum. And they've done a Dior book based on the Dior gowns that they had, which were mostly given to them by the wealthy women in Toronto. And these are gowns from the best, you know, the 50s. Mm. And the patterns are shown, the insides, it's unbelievable what she's done. And I'm hoping that we can do something with threads that would look inside those bodices. Who wouldn't want to see, you know, the boning and the inner structure and Mm. all of this. Mm. So, um, boy, would I love to get my paws on some of those. Yeah, but... In the meantime, there's the book, which is amazing. Book. Yes. When I went to the Dior exhibit in, in right, at the V&A, yeah. um, <laughs> I took photos um, and they went straight on. But I was trying to get details, so pocket detail <laughs> and colour detail and, yeah, the whole I know. That, that would be great. Yeah, well, it's, it's a fantastic book. Alexandra Palmer's Dior book. It's the best out there. Because, wow. you know, I think that, and it's interesting, you know, there's so many Dior books and so many, and they're mm. kind of picture books, right? Yes. And I think if you looked at this one, you'd think, oh, it's, I mean, it's wonderful, but you'd think, oh, this is just going to be another book of Dior mm. gowns. Okay. But it's not. There are patterns in there and close-ups. It's phenomenal. It's an education. It really wow. is. It's amazing. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to ask Santa for that book, I think. <gasps> you do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, well, I can't thank you enough. Dying to see you, which I will do soon. Yep. Yeah. I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Uh, yeah, to having you Me too. back in Australia again. Yeah. Dying to be yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. And and looking forward to meeting you when I'm there. Yeah, that would be just so wonderful. I would love that. I would. I'm love very that. thankful for Jude with. Um, oh, she's the best. Putting, She's gorgeous. She's a fabulous person. Yes. Yeah. Yes, so very wonderful. thrilled to know her. Such a cheer squad, such an enthusiast, and 
and also hands-on. I just love her whole attitude to anything sewing. So I'm very thrilled yeah. to be part of her circle. But we are so thankful that you yes. spent your time with us today. Oh, this was too much fun. It was great. It was great. Thank you. All right. I can't thank you enough. Hearing Susan's couture sewing teaching story is infectious and compelling. Her approach to teaching couture sewing makes you want to take that next step and elevate your sewing skills. The passion and kindness in Susan's voice here in this podcast is the same as you'll experience in her workshops. Couture sewing keeps you in the game. This episode of Sew Organised Style was produced by me, Maria Theoharis and Anne Wally. Thank you so much, Susan, for your time and we're looking forward to meeting you again in January and February. Sew Organised Style podcast, spelt with an S, not a Z, is available on our website, seworganisedstyle.com, with all the links to this podcast. You can also find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio and CastBox. Subscribe to our podcast to listen to earlier podcasts and tell your friends about us. Thanks again for joining us. I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as we did producing it.